We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where you learn how to be a leader and not just a manager of a to-do list. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. I love being able to meet with principals every week through our mastermind. It's a place for high-level, eager-to-improve principals gather together And each week we talk about a problem they're facing and how to overcome that. I'd love for you to join us. Here's what somebody said after a recent hot seat situation. She really appreciated making plans for contacting specific kids that we already know are at risk. That was her one takeaway from a hour long discussion about what she needed to do to improve. It's really, really powerful. I'd love for you to join us. Go to jethrojones.com slash mastermind. And let's schedule a call so that we can talk about whether or not the mastermind is right for you. That's jethrojones.com slash mastermind. This week's episode is brought to you by John Cat Educational. You can get a discount on the awesome books that they have available by going to us.johncatbookshop.com and using the code transformative30. That'll save you 30% on any order. That's us.johncatbookshop.com, and the code is TRANSFORMATIVE30. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I am excited to have Sarah Levy and Mark Parmet on the program today. They are the co-founders of the Einstein Academy in Colorado. Sarah and Mark, welcome to Transformative Principle. Thanks. Happy to be here. Yeah, I am excited to talk with you both. We met at a conference that I spoke at in February called the Five Sigma Educon, which was an awesome experience. And you guys were there uh, doing a session. And uh, after talking with you there and learning from you in that session, I thought it'd be great to talk with you on the podcast. And uh, you are the co-founders of Einstein Academy. Tell us a little bit about what Einstein Academy is and why you decided to start this new school. Sure. So. Einstein Academy is a independent or private school opening here in Denver in August. We're starting out with kindergarten through fifth grade and building out to an eighth grade. 
It is really focused on progressive education and putting students at the center. And we use learning for life as our tagline, understanding that we're not learning for a test or learning to get to the next grade, that really the purpose of learning is to help make us successful in school. And we focus our efforts in four different areas. The first is for kids, then for families, for community, and for today and for the future. And for us, those are the four components that are really important for a school. Always putting students at the center, but also recognizing the role and value and importance of family in that. One of the aspects of our school is empowering students to make an impact on their community and get engaged in the community. So we had to include community. And the for today and for the future, we wanted to recognize that while standards and academic learning are very important for today, that ultimately we want to make sure that our students are successful not just today, but into the future. So that's a nod to our emphasis on 21st century skills and future ready skills and preparing students to thrive in the world that who really knows what's going to await them upon their graduation. Yeah. You know, we, we have these ideas of what school could be, and I haven't heard people explain it that way with the four components of the school. Talk to me a little bit about, about what those are family community today in the future. Do I get those right? And kids and kids. Okay. So that sounds like five. Today in the future, we combined into one, putting kids at the first. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Good to know. So focus on kids, family, community, today in the future. I like that approach and it really makes it so it's easy for you to succinctly say, here are the things that we care about and makes it easy for you to say, no, we don't do that because that's not part of our, our core value, our core values. So what's something that you've had to say no to that uh, people may have wanted as you've been designing this new school. Actually, I was going to talk about the four kids piece, if, if you don't mind, because it's kind of the yeah. inspiration around everything that we're doing. So for me, I got tired of hearing people say, well, it's school, so kids shouldn't have fun, mm. right? Because for me, I don't feel like they should be mutually exclusive. I believe that school, that kids, we as humans are at our best when we're excited, when we're engaged when we're motivated, when we love what we're doing. So for us, the the four kids was the very first piece that inspired what we wanted to do. Because for us, it's about doing all those things and setting that, that type of environment for our kids so that they can be the best versions of themselves. We also understand that there are going to be things that kids are struggling with. And instead of Focusing on what kids are struggling with, we want to focus on the things that kids perform best at, the things that drive them, the things that motivate them. And while we're working on those pieces, we can also focus on the things that they struggle with. But doing it in a way to where the focus isn't, we need to improve your test score. So these are the things we need to focus on. It's doing it in a way where we're aligning what they're doing in school. And the things that they're focusing on, the things that they love, the things that they're passionate about. So when they have to work on the things that maybe they're not so thrilled about, there's not as much kickback or pushback from from the students because it doesn't feel like work to them. It doesn't feel like this is something that they have to do. It's something that they're excited about doing. Yeah. So Mark, how do you do that so that they do have fun and it's not, you know, just them 
raising their test scores. How do you how do you make that transition from learning is impossible and difficult to learning can be fun? Absolutely. Well, so it starts with we had a, a family visit the other day, and I just sat and Sarah and I just sat and talked to a potential student for 45 minutes. What do you love? What do you enjoy? What inspires you? What gets you excited? And then once the student is open and feels comfortable with you and can have those conversations, then you start talking about, okay, so like, where are your struggles? Where are the things that kind of frustrate you? Where are the things that you don't feel confident? You don't feel excited. You don't feel, you know, I was a math teacher for 15 years. So I've heard many a time how students hate math. And so I would just sit and talk with them and talk about their struggles and talk about where their frustrations were and where their celebrations are. You know, it's it's like the rest of us. It's You got to build that confidence first because until we're feeling good, until we're feeling confident, we're not going to push ourselves. We're not going to try to do things that we haven't done before. So I think for us, which also kind of leads into the for families piece, you just, you got to get to know your kids. You got to talk to the families and get their perspective. What do they see at home? What do they see when they're, their son or daughter plays soccer. You know, what are they seeing their interactions with, with their siblings at home? And I think we often forget about the parents too. They have fears also. So we, we sit down and we talk with the parents as well about what are your goals? What do you want to see? But also including the child in this journey as well, I think is so important. And often as, in, as educators, we're the deciders. We tell students what they are supposed to learn what they're supposed to find important instead of actually sitting down and having those conversations with them. And that kind of leads back to your the question that you posed about using this framework as a reference. What have we had to say no to? We really believe in, like Mark's talked about, teaching students and not teaching curriculum. And that's part of how we get that engagement. So this family that Mark was talking about, the kid is really involved in hockey and really loves hockey. So thinking about how we can integrate hockey into the curriculum and build build a curriculum around hockey. So one of the things that we've had to say no to is a lot of packaged curriculum. Since we started the process of opening this school, there's been a number of companies and organizations who've reached out to us because they've been really excited about getting their program in on the, you know, the ground floor of, of starting a school. And they'll come and they'll pitch us their curriculum or pitch us their program. And there's a lot of really beautiful programs out there and a lot of really beautiful opportunities for students to learn, but it doesn't fit in with what we're trying to do because we're really trying to build a program around students and integrate them into the community and do interdisciplinary learning surrounding real world problem solving that the students help to identify. And we just can't do that if we say, and today we're doing module two of this package that we bought. And so we'll sit there and we'll watch and we'll listen to the presentation and like I said, they're really beautiful and they're really wonderful and they're so great that they're so out there and just knowing where our boundaries are in terms of what our philosophy is about students and learning, that's one of the areas we've had to say no to. And that idea of developing the day and what the kids are interested in around the students is really great and I love that. But how do you do that for a whole entire school and not just individual students working one-on-one like can you have a 45 minute conversation with a student in your model or are your class sizes big enough that that's not going to work or how how do you manage that piece of it 
For sure. So there's a couple of different components. First of all, our curriculum adheres to the Colorado State standards. So it's not like there's infinite flexibility. And if kids want to go out and using the prior example, play hockey all day, they can do that because that's their way of learning. Our curriculum adheres to the Colorado State standards that does provide us with a framework. We also start each year by developing a personalized learning profile for each student. And that's done in conjunction with us, with the teachers, with the student, and with the parents. And it addresses strengths and challenges, both academic and social emotional, as well as learning preferences, interests, and goals to be set. So when we take those two pieces and put them together, that's how we're able to individualize the curriculum. So we're not going to have, if we had 18 nine-year-olds, for example, we're not going to have 18 different courses of study, but we'll work together as a community to address the different needs and find different interests within those groups. We are, to get to your question, one of the reasons that we really wanted to do a private school instead of a charter school or a public school is because we want to be able to control the class size and our school size. Our ultimate goal is only to have about 160 students in kindergarten through eighth grade because we do want to have the flexibility of being able to personalize the instruction so much. And if we have 30 kids in a class, we just can't do that. So looking at the class size in that way and doing the the learning profile and just looking for opportunities for students to have genuine and authentic voice in their learning. So if we have to learn geometry, for example, we can learn geometry, but we don't have to learn geometry through a textbook. You can learn geometry through looking at shapes in the world or looking at different patterns in, in art or all sorts of different ways. Just understanding that if these are the, the standards are really the, the content, but the way that we get to that content can be really affected and impacted by where the students are and what they want to do. John Cat Educational supports high-quality teaching and learning by providing publications that are research-based, practical, and focused on the key topics proven essential in today's and tomorrow's schools. Visit us.johncatbookshop.com to see the latest publications, whose exciting ideas include overcoming the extrovert ideal in our schools, creating bottom-up transformation that promotes buy-in from all educators, and improving formal and informal continuous learning opportunities for teachers. These books, used by educators of all roles across North America and worldwide, amplify fresh, engaging voices with practical strategies to create transformative change. Learn more in our show notes. But I want to go back to that piece you talked about, make sure that you are teaching students and not teaching curriculum. So I lived in Russia for two years, and the way that you say that, you're, that you teach something in school or in any context is that you say you teach the child to the content. And the way that you say that is you use the same phrasing that you would use to say that you walk to the store or you go to the baseball game. And so it involves this idea of moving that student with you as the teacher to that content and then moving away from that content and to the next content. And it evokes this imagery of, of you standing next to the student walking around and testing or experiencing the content in all different ways. And not just, you know, when I came back and heard people saying that they were going to be teachers and they were going to teach, you know, math, there wasn't even a way to express that in Russian. It was the only way to do that was to say, I teach kids to math instead of I teach math to kids. And I think that that really beautifully illustrates what you're talking about here, that 
we may have state standards and we may have expectations and all that, but first and foremost, the kids in front of us are kids and human beings and they matter in and of themselves and their ability to do well or not do well on tests or assessments or curriculum is a secondary factor to the fact that they are human beings. And I love how you guys are are so clear about that in in how your school is structured. Well, and I love how you mentioned teachers because teachers can't be lost in this either. And when teachers aren't given curriculum to be taught or given specific parameters or worried about how the children are going to do on certain assessments, I think it opens up a beautiful world for our teachers as well. And it's something that Sarah and I talk about all the time in terms of we can have a mission and vision and we can have this idea of what we want the school to look like, but without, without the right teachers in place, it doesn't matter. And so I think a lot of this stuff lends to providing teachers the opportunities. It can be really scary at first for teachers for this type of learning and this type of teaching and having this type of freedom sometimes can be a little overwhelming. But I think with the right training and working with teachers and providing them plenty of support and time to plan and time to to put together the lessons, I think it can provide an incredible experience for the teachers as well. Because Sarah and I have been teachers for a long time and part of the lens in which we think about our school is what does this look like for a teacher as well? So if, if we're asking this, do they have time to do this? And just trying to think about what's being put on their plate, what's manageable, and how do we get the best out of the teachers as well, not just the students? And as part of that, circling back to this idea of teaching the students and not the curriculum, another piece that we're working with our teachers on is teaching the student means that you're also taking into consideration the social emotional growth of the student. And so it's one thing if they master the standards and they have all of these skills, but if they're not good people or they don't know how to handle their emotions or they don't know how to engage in conflict resolution strategies, then we're doing them a big disservice. So that's the other piece about this idea of teaching to the teaching the students and not teaching the curriculum because there's just a whole other world of growth there that can be lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there definitely is. And I love love that idea of, of teaching the whole child and not just the academic or just the math part of their brain, because there's so much more to them than that. So let's talk a little bit about the teachers, though. And how do you keep too many things from getting on the teacher's plate, especially when, you know, you have 18 kids in your class? It's easy to you know, to individualize each one of them, it's easy to get lost in that and to feel overwhelmed. So how do you keep that from becoming too much so that they can still contribute to the school in other ways besides just just being in their classroom and only impacting the kids that are right in front of them? That's a great question. And there's no one on this planet that I can think of that's more concerned with teacher load and making things attainable and and doable for teachers than Mark. And when I used to be working with Mark, I remember thinking we would have discussions about things that needed to be done and things that we should add to teachers' plates. And the first thing Mark would say would be, that's great. And what are we taking off of teachers' plates? So as we're in the formation of this school and thinking about what that 
that looks like, that's a piece that we're very conscious of. And it's something that we're thinking about as we're hiring teachers. And it's something that we're thinking about as we're considering what kinds of supports to be offering teachers. It's something that we're thinking about as we're crafting our schedule. And as part of that, one of the pieces that's important to us is that we're hiring school teachers and not classroom teachers. And the distinction for us is that all of our teachers will have a role and a responsibility to the greater school and not just to their classroom. And with the way that our schedule works, that's very important as well, because the way that our schedule works is that there are more heavily skills-based blocks in the morning for literacy, math, and second language acquisition. And the whole rest of the day is an interdisciplinary inquiry problem-solving block. And so the structure is less less structured and less traditional. And it's not that we're hiring a third grade Judaic studies or a third grade secular studies teacher or math teacher or social studies teacher to be with the students all day, but we are looking for teachers that are much more open-minded and much more flexible with what that looks like. And we fully recognize that we're asking teachers to do a lot. This idea of this of highly differentiating your classroom of really building these relationships with students, of cultivating strong relationships with parents, we understand is a lot. And so we have in mind and have in place in certain areas ways to help support them. So whether it be instructional coach or people who work with the teachers on the social emotional program or people that can help teachers differentiate because they have expertise in gifted and talented learning or students who need extra supports. And Mark and I, even though we are administrators and will always be administrators, we also recognize the value of our being in the classroom on a regular basis and helping to support the teachers and to work in tandem with the teachers for the benefit of the students. And just to piggyback on that too, the additional way is asking our teachers because teachers are like our students. They all need something different. And, and they're all struggling in different areas. They're all, they all have strengths in certain areas and they have weaknesses in certain areas. So, you know, the research shows us that we keep hearing about education. We have to pay teachers more and throw more money at this and throw more money at that. And the reality is what teachers want is they want to feel heard. They want to have voice. They want to feel supported. They want to feel cared for. They want to feel just like Sarah said, that we are school teachers, we are not classroom teachers, that we're all in this together, and that we all understand that what we're doing is very difficult, but we're all here for one another. And instead of just saying that, being that, and being a place where everyone is there for each other, and teachers feel like people have their back. And that's the best thing that we can do for them, is to show them that we are here, we're here to support you. We want you to try things. Things aren't going to work. You're going to feel like it went horribly and that's okay because we're never going to know if we're not trying things, but we are here to support you and we will provide you whatever you need to help make you successful in the classroom. Yeah. And that is a beautiful sentiment. What are some concrete things that you see as easy or simple or clear solutions to make that happen? I think it's like we we talked about earlier. So one of the things Sarah and I are talking about is we plan on, on having some sort of meeting every morning to talk with our teachers. 
We plan on having a debrief every afternoon to talk with our teachers. I think it, it has to start with open lines of communication and talking to your teachers and teachers feeling safe. You know, I know when, when I was a classroom teacher, what I wanted to know again was that my administration cared and they heard me. So when you're talking about concrete, a lot of the stuff is going to come from teachers. So I know for me, what I wanted was time to collaborate with more of my math counterparts. Because when I had chances to talk to my, to other teachers, I'm like, Oh my God, that's brilliant. Like, why didn't I think of that? How couldn't I didn't come up with that? And it was a teacher that was doing it that sits next to me, but I never had time to work with them and collaborate with them, creating a culture where also those teachers want to collaborate. So they're not afraid to share their materials because again, we're all in this together. So I know one of the things I valued the most as a teacher was whenever I had time to sit and work with other teachers. Or maybe it was time to sit now. There's online communities. So maybe there's a a specific unit that I'm working on in math and I can find something online. So I want to sit and I want to take this class and I want to work with them. So maybe one of our teachers comes to me and says, Mark, there's this class I want to take. It's tomorrow at two though. Could you fill in for me? Absolutely. What are you guys working on? I'm here for you. I'll do it. And then I'm really excited for us to sit down and debrief and talk about what your next steps are and what you're going to do with that. So I think, again, just, just being there and being supportive and providing what it is that they need, but, but asking them. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I think that those are good concrete examples. Meeting before, being willing to give them time when uh, traditionally you wouldn't get time to step out and take care of something that they can do to make themselves better. Those are really concrete and those are not impossible to do. And oftentimes we feel like they are impossible to do in education. Right. And so I really appreciate you you saying those. So the last question that I ask each person that's on the podcast is, what is one thing that a principal listening to this can do this week to be a transformative leader like you? It's a great question. You know, for me, the most important thing for me in any workplace, and one of the things that we are planning to prioritize in our school is clear and transparent communication. And that seems very simple and seems very doable. And yet in my experience, it must be much more complicated than it seems. (laughs) So I would just encourage any principal or any leader or any teacher, really anyone who's listening to this to just think about in what areas you could be more clear and more transparent because there's a good chance that the other person is probably not seeing your communication as clear and transparent. Yeah. Ain't that the truth, Mark? Yeah, I love that answer. I would ask every leader, we all have something that we've always thought we wanted to do and was scared to do. And for me, it took 15 years to start a school, but we all have smaller things. And I would say, make a list and just start knocking those things off. There's something that you see every day in your school that you know you want to try and change or you want to try and fix but you haven't. And why? Because you just said it, Jethro, because so many things get in our way and keep us from doing things or we're scared to do it. 
or this might happen, or that might happen. And I would say, find something, maybe it's low-hanging fruit, but find something you've always wanted to do, but you've been too scared to do it, and just do it. And just do it. That's what I would say. Yeah, I think that that is great advice. If people want to learn more about your school, they can go to Einstein Academy, CO for Colorado.com, and they can check it out. .org. .org, excuse me. Thank you. Thanks for catching that. There are a lot of things that we didn't talk about, like the fact that you have a morning walk and three recesses. And so there's a ton of great information on that website, including sample units and a great uh, chart of progressive versus traditional education that is wonderful that you should definitely check out because it's uh, very clearly identifying what the focus of school is going to be. So I encourage you to go check that out at EinsteinAcademyCO.org. And once again, thank you, Sarah and Mark, so much for being part of Transformative Principle. Thank you. This has been so fun. Thank you to our valued partner, John Cat Educational. If you are a leader looking to make transformative change by providing yourself and your teachers with professional development that is research-based and rigorous, yet easy to digest and full of practical strategies, check out the latest publications from John Cat. Visit us.johncatbookshop.com to find information or learn more in our show notes. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com slash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E.